This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Right. That's a, a fun song to get us into a very serious topic, and it has to do with aggressive dogs. And Claire Allen joins me in studio, contributor to the program. And Claire, we're talking more about this. A lot of people followed along. I covered the story as well of Punky, the dog, which is a dog that unfortunately bit a person, and not to minimize that a person was bit in a Vancouver park. But what that sparked was a very lengthy court battle and a final ruling that the dog was to be euthanized. And that happened a few weeks ago. But a lot of people are now questioning, well, what is an aggressive dog? What is in place to deal with aggressive of dogs. What does this court ruling mean? And now Vancouver City Council is looking at this. That's right, Jill. So today Vancouver City Council is meeting and one of the items on the agenda, uh, it seems like a very jam-packed agenda, but one of the items is um, the way the city deals with quote-unquote aggressive dogs. So uh, Councillor Pete Fry and Michael Weep have put forward a motion entitled Relief and Rehabilitation of Aggressive Dog Designation, which aims to change the way the city deals with dogs that have attacked another animal or a human. Um, so before we get into the changes being proposed, Jill, I asked Councillor Fry what Vancouver's current aggressive dog bylaw is. So first and foremost, the aggressive dog designation is an important sort of protection for the public and for other dogs in, in the event that a, a, a dog has bitten or attacked a, another person or, or animal. And so it's there for a reason. Um, now, that being said, uh, it, it doesn't really uh, investigate the underlying behavior that may have contributed to it. So there's a variety of different reasons that a dog may act aggressively, everything from sex drive, pay, prey drive, uh, illness, uh, fear, confrontation, any number of things. But the remedy, as currently prescribed by the bylaw, is essentially a lifetime of muzzling and social isolation. So in fact, that prescription through the designation, doesn't actually do anything to treat the underlying behavior of the dog. And in fact, may actually create a worse scenario for, say, a dog that's otherwise habituated to social isolation and muzzling, and if for some reason accidentally gets out or escapes, or if somebody comes by. So recognizing that that's something of an outdated concept in in how we approach animal behavior, and, and since the time of the bylaw being written some 40 years ago, uh, we've taken a more... Um, progressive approach towards uh, animal behavior and recognizing that, in fact, uh, there are many cases in which a dog uh, that's distributed, displaying behavior that might be considered aggressive can be rehabilitated. So that's kind of the the aim of this whole right. thing is rehabilitation. And Councillor Fry is right. You know, um, we the way we view uh, dogs and pets has really changed. Um, so I asked Councillor Fry what is the change he's looking for with his motion. What's being presented here is, is an option for working with a veterinarian or animal behaviorist to work on addressing the underlying behavior issues. And if it is to the satisfaction of animal control, that designation can be removed and the dog doesn't have to be muzzled and isolated. 
Right. So right. working with, like he said, a vet or animal behaviorist to address the underlying issues that could be causing a dog to be aggressive. So I, you know, this made me reflect a little bit on my own life because when I was young, I was attacked by a dog. Uh, my neighbor's dog bit my face uh, when I got between the dog and its food bowl. Uh, thankfully, I had a surgery on my face. And it's, it <laughs> there's has, so many questions there. Why, are, why was your face by the dog's food I was, bowl? A, I was. I think I was. I was like on the ground. I don't really remember. Um, and although I still have, I bear the scars, Jill. Yes, I, I'm I not know. scarred. I wasn't from the making. Ex- <laughs> wasn't not, making light of it. victim blaming. I wasn't making light of I it. I am uh, not scarred by the experience. I still love dogs. <laughs> of course. Um, however, some dog attack victims remain afraid of dogs after, you know, after they have the uh, experience an incident with a dog and they may not be comfortable with Counselor Fry and Weeb's motion. So I asked him about the criticism that he may receive um, that this motion, which gives essentially, which would give an aggressive dog a second chance, may endanger other people and other dogs. This is an opportunity to look at actually changing the behavior from the outset. As far as I'm concerned, we shouldn't really be licensing dogs uh, we should be actually licensing dog owners because the ultimate responsibility is with the, 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 the guardian of the animal. It's not the, the animal is just an animal. And the reality is that urban animals are under the stewardship and guardianship of, of people who have to be responsible for their behavior. And so that, first and foremost, has to be, it is and remains the priority. But I guess the point of this motion is recognizing that isolating and muzzling a dog does nothing to address the underlying behavior so you're really just maintaining a dog that's aggressive and possibly making it more aggressive through through a lack of socialization and nowhere in this equation is there a consideration for how we would prevent the dog's aggression in the first place okay i get what he's saying but i'm mm-hmm. also a bit confused like you i also i wasn't a child at the time just a few years ago i was bit by a mastiff and mm-hmm. to this day as you know i love dogs i have dogs mm-hmm. but i'm still fearful of mastiffs mm-hmm. this was a 190 pound mastiff that jumped my head was in its mouth and i got knocked to the ground it was it was bad wow. and i'm afraid of those dogs not to say they're all bad so but what he's saying is i mean wouldn't we be safer or happier if even if an owner says my dog's been rehabilitated my dog's not going to reoffend wouldn't it still be safer to say that dog always needs to be muzzled if the dog has a history of being aggressive or is that not what he's saying I think that what he's really focusing on is this rehabilitation effort to sort of change the way that an owner views their dog and maybe promotes more responsible ownership. I, like you, if I had a dog that did attack, I would probably want to follow those behavioral steps uh, with Mm -hmm. a veterinarian, something that could help my dog get better and continue with a muzzle just because I don't want to have an incident like that again. It'd be too stressful. Right. Um, He did not talk about that, about if that would be something that would be continued on in this motion, uh, muzzling. But I think what he really wants to see is this this um, putting getting a, an owner and a, an aggressive dog into some sort of treatment, quote unquote, <laughs> for the dog. And what I found was really interesting is that Councillor Fry told me that out of the 10 people on city council, the 10 councillors, only three of them have dogs. Mm. And he said that um, his uh, he is one of them and his right. experience on owning his uh, previous dog is what inspired him to put forth this motion. But my previous dog, she was a third hand rescue. By the time we got her, she'd been adopted twice, returned twice. And she came with a lot of baggage, and she actually got into a couple of fights where she did some damage to other dogs. And I was super stressed and you know, worried about the fact that I might have an aggressive dog. And I worked with my veterinarian, and he referred me to a behaviorist. And behaviorist assured me, your dog's not aggressive, she's reactive, and she's got fear-based trauma, and blah, 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 blah. And here's how we're going to work on it. And she gave me a training regimen, and I followed it. And uh, by the end of it, Ruby was a fantastic dog. And she lived out the rest of her days as an awesome dog who was 
very disciplined and loving and just a great dog. Had I not, you know, sort of paid the vet bills of the other dogs and like worked proactively to address, she could have been designated, deemed a, an aggressive dog and she would have had a miserable life for the remaining 10 years that I had her. But instead, I was given this opportunity uh, just through the circumstances I found myself in to actually follow an appropriate training regimen that allowed her to to get past her own baggage. I get that. But I also do think, and as a dog owner, if your dog has been aggressive, mm-hmm. bit another dog, bit another person, even if your animal behaviorist or your vet says, yes, this dog is rehabilitated, it's not going to happen again. How do you know 100%? I think that's what this motion will come down to is like the animal welfare versus public safety, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so, and I know when I was talking to Counselor Fry, he said that his dog didn't, um, He it, it seemed from what he was explained to me that his dog did not need a muzzle after he visited a behaviorist and a vet. Um, you know, people might feel differently though they might think that you don't get a second chance if you do bite somebody you should wear if a dog bites someone you should it should be wearing a muzzle um so uh counselor fry also told me that this motion which he has put forward with counselor michael weeb will start a conversation about uh, vancouver's animal control bylaw which he mentioned earlier hasn't really been updated in any serious way uh in approximately 40 years Counselor weeb and i both are looking towards a larger strategy a more long-term strategy around animal animal control and uh one of the things that strikes me is that we, I look at other jurisdictions like Calgary has a, has a fantastic animal control program. They have zero tolerance for dogs that aren't licensed. Uh, they have a very assertive animal control, but they also have a lot of off-leash areas, like 200 off-leash areas in the city of Calgary. And they also have a very thorough education program so that you get a dog and you also are obliged to learn how to train a dog. And this is through no fault of our own animal control office. I think it's just that this hasn't been a priority in the past, and I think Councillor Weeb and I both see an opportunity to have a much more robust conversation around responsibility of, of pet guardianship and the, the benefits of pet guardianship, but also the responsibilities that come with it, and especially as we have an increasingly dense city uh, and an increasing population of, of pets, and how do we reconcile those and uh, make for just a better experience for everyone. All right, so where do we go from here? Well, that's uh, we'll see what happens today at, at uh, today's city council meeting. What I think is really interesting is that Vancouver's, uh, the city's current uh, aggressive dog bylaw is similar to bylaws uh, in place in municipalities like Surrey and Burnaby. So, you know, if this motion does pass and there is a, we change the way that we deal with aggressive dogs, I would be really interested to see if, if it impacts other municipalities in the way they deal with aggressive dogs, because they seem to be, all very similar with muzzles, isolation, stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, and uh, we should be hearing pretty soon if that motion was passed.